Hello, everyone, and Merry Christmas from Two Spot Monkeys. We are recording this, uh, I would say, a little early in the morning for, for me on a day I don't have to work, maybe, but um, not quite as early for Tom, who gets that extra hour ahead of me uh, to have been up, but it's not stupid early. But they're actually, I can see light outside. It's not totally dark, so that's good. Um, although after the blizzard we dealt with yesterday, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um Gotta love Nebraska. Blizzard yesterday, 50 degrees tomorrow. So Merry Christmas from Nebraska. Uh, but it is probably our second to last episode of 2020. Uh, we're hoping to record next week as well. But we wanted to get an episode out this week, uh, talk through our thoughts on Final Battle and TLC, and also just maybe have a little bit of fun talking about uh, some Christmas memories um, as they pertain especially to wrestling, since that is mostly what we discuss here, although weather and football and other random topics show up from time to time um, as well. Speaking of football, by the way, hey, my Bears are looking pretty good all of a sudden. They can't even lose right to get a good draft pick. So um, at least your Lions have been good at that. So I don't have words. I just don't have words. Oh, <laughs> uh, I yeah, I and I don't know if I want the Bears to win. So, you know, I'd almost rather have the draft pick at this point. Anyways. Again, that could be a whole other topic, and maybe next year we'll do an NFL preview episode of Two Spot Monkeys. But uh, for now, uh, this would be the equivalent of the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. We will talk about the head-to-head final update for 2020. Uh, it was it was pretty much a one-man show most of the way this year, I think. I'm ju- I, I would have to go back and really look. I do have the stats here. Um Actually, it didn't start out too bad until SummerSlam, and then the wheels came off the thing. Uh, SummerSlam, you went seven and one, Tom, and I went four and four, and you never looked back after that. Um, so, Tom, Ooh, the winner, Jim, Jim, you never saw it coming. I never saw it coming. That's what that tagline was. All about. <laughs> Good callback, Tom. I, I did not see it coming, and I, I never had a chance. It seems like after that, well, I had some chances, but I made some stupid picks. Randy Orton killed me. Um, and he got me again uh, this weekend. <laughs> he got both of us again this weekend. I, maybe I'll just pick Randy Orton to win every match he's in now in 2021. I don't know. Um, but uh, the final score uh, after the two shows this past weekend, uh, which we did the picks last week. So if you didn't hear last week's episode, go on back and, and listen to what we thought might happen um, and find out that uh, we were about 500-ish, um, a little better than 500. But uh Tom finishes the year. Well, let's talk about final battle and TLC quick. Tom and I both went five and three in final battle, although had different paths to getting there. We maybe talk about that as we talk about the show. And then uh, TLC, I actually won TLC four to two uh, over Tom's three to three. Uh, We each got a win for the WWE title match, which changed into a triple threat match. Oh, half-ish way through it. Um, We usually that's what we'll do. If the match changes, we'll just take a win um, for both, no matter who you pick. Um, if it, if the match gets thrown out, then we, well, sometimes we just give ourselves a win there too. We're positive people. We like to give wins out <laughs> if things don't go the way we want. Um, and as long as we're consistent in that scoring, we're fine. So uh, so that does make the final score, Tom. You at 54 and 16 uh, and me 49 and 21. Uh, 54 and 16, I didn't do, I was going to do the percent and I didn't do that. Uh, that's impressive. That's impressive. You know, I mean, 49 and 
21 when you were trying to predict mostly WWE booking in terrible, but uh 54 and 16, nice run here uh, in the last six months, Tom, for head to head. Thank you. And I look forward to starting. We're already going to be back in the pool next week uh, as we close out 2020 with another recording, but it'll be the first pick them for 2021 as we uh, bring new Japan, at least for, a series of shows or a back-to-back series of shows into this competition. And I'm excited for the next six months. I hope I can repeat. Uh, The competitor in me does not want to lose, but I love competing against you. And I love the fun that we have uh, both picking and then uh, celebrating or wallowing in the (laughs) aftermath. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, and I agree. And it's always fun. I, I do appreciate uh, that we do six month runs on this, that we decided to do that. Uh, much like our fantasy wrestling league, I think that's just a good idea so that if something like the last six months happens, um, for those who listen and, and follow along with our competition, it still is interesting. At some point, we can hit the reset button because even even at that, where I've now only, you know, am only behind by five matches, that would still probably take quite a while to rebuild um, any hope on that. So, um, and there are like, 10, 11 matches between the two, uh, maybe a few more uh, between the two Wrestle Kingdom shows next week. So it'll be an interesting, good way to start off and uh, and a lot of interesting matches to talk about next week. But before we get to next week, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, let's look back at this past weekend. We had two big shows. Um, and my mouse decided to stop working. That's cool. Um, so I'll get to the touchpad here. And uh, two big shows last weekend. Uh, and the first one was Final Battle. Um, so spoiler alert, and this is going to be shocking to everybody who listens. Um, Tom, are you, are you caught up on both shows from last weekend? No, no, no. Um, but, but Tom has seen, you have seen final battle. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to do a, just a little bit of a, uh, uh, deviation from our norm, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, for our three big things. And Tom's going to talk about his three big things for final battle. And I'll respond to each one as he, uh, leads that conversation, and then I'm going to do the same uh, for TLC, which you have not seen yet or not seen much of. Um, have you seen any of TLC yet? Or no. None no. of them. Okay. Um, and, and I said this to you off air before we started, um, and I'll probably reiterate it when we talk, but, you know, don't make it a priority. Um, it, it's not bad, but it's also not there's probably more fun stuff to watch to keep up on. So um, so we'll talk about those things uh, here. So let's talk about Final Battle. Ring of Honor having their first pay-per-view in over I think I may have locked up there for a moment but uh Ring of Honor having their first pay-per-view in over a year or in just about a year uh last Friday night final battle Tom what did you think of the show and uh yeah what do you think yeah so I watched it in chunks so I think that there's something that you can gain from that, but also you can lose if you watch a show in chunks. Uh, you know, if they're telling a, a long-term storyline or maybe the energy that they want to convey, you might miss if you're watching it, you know, in sections, which is what I did over the course of three days, um, just because it's a busy season and uh, case in point, which is why we're pivoting a little bit this morning without responses. Um, that's a nod to how busy it's been uh, in life and in work and in holiday times. So. Uh, the first thing I want to comment on on Final Battle was um, that it was an enjoyable show, and um, they very clearly are drawing a line 
with the foundation. We've known this before. We talked about it a week ago. We both have had kind of our perceptions and, and our takeaways from how they've been building them. But when you have the first pure rules title or the first pure rules tag match, that's an emphasis on the pure rules division. And again, the, the kind of the, the, the platform for lack of a better word, word for the foundation. I was all gonna say the foundation of the foundation that just didn't sound right to me in my mind. Uh, then you had the tag title match. <laughs> where in, in that match you had, um, it, it almost felt early on like Lethal and Gresham were being heels because they were wanting to dictate and predicate the rules uh, towards their um, their style, uh, even though it was not under those rules. Uh, and, and Caprice Coleman, and again, I, I am not one of his biggest fans, had a great line um, during the final battle card of talking about how if the foundation, if the tag champs as the foundation look to want to have their matches have those titles or have those rules, you know, once the contract is signed, you can choose to sign it or you can choose to not sign it. So it'll be interesting to watch, I think, that story develop um, if they begin to try to push those rules into tag title defenses or not and if teams that want shots have to compromise and perhaps um acquiesce to those rules to be able to get a shot versus maybe earning a shot so just something interesting to watch there and then the pure title match uh gresham and and flip gordon um who i th which i thought was probably the one the, the best match or one of the top two matches on, on the card um love that it went long and it didn't actually feel like it was that long um i uh i was i was a little miffed about gresham's comeback at the end because all of the selling he had done uh seemed to be overcome by adrenaline and fighting spirit at the end. Uh, and that, and I understand that that's, that's pro wrestling. And I expect to see that a lot of times, but I also, you know, when I think of ring of honor, I think of, you know, the way they present the athletic build and, and the, the, the competition aspect of it, that him responding and, and not having any perceived ill effects of the leg um, as that match went to the home stretch. Um, was a little disappointing for me. So, so the, the the first big thing is just all of the foundation, and I and I really enjoyed uh, even for those um, you know statements of 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 wondering and of of maybe it didn't land the best or, or I'm perceiving it one way. That was takeaway number one for me. Um, it was just how they presented and delivered the foundation. And there's one more component, but I'm going to add to that because that ties into one of my other big things. Just I want to know how did you how did you feel about how they were presented and and other thoughts that I might might not have captured. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think the foundation was clearly put across as one of the top forces in Ring of Honor. Um, perhaps we'll get to uh, where they seem to be headed uh, or the the competition or, or uh, what do I want to say? Angle, I guess, for lack of a better word. Uh, there was a better word I wanted, but can't come up with it, uh, that they seem to be building uh, with the foundation and another group uh, as well. But uh, yeah, I thought they were put across very strong. Um, Going back to our picks last week, I thought they would take the tag titles off of Lethal and Gresham, and they did not do that. Um, and I, I, I don't see them doing that anytime soon. To be perfectly honest, um, I think that Gresham's going to hold two titles, and anytime you hold two titles in a company like Ring of Honor, where the titles are meant um, and are presented as important, um, and I think Ring of Honor has done that pretty well throughout their run 
um, as a company has made their titles important. Uh, so to have two of the titles in that group, um, and it wouldn't shock me to see Jay Lethal um, challenge Roosh at some point. Spoiler alert, we've gotten ahead of ourselves, but um, <laughs> you know, it wouldn't shock me to see that, um, or, or even Tracy Williams taking taking a shot um, you know, to try to get all the gold uh, in the foundation. Um, I, I think that'll be interesting to watch, and I think that means something when Ring of Honor does that. Um, even when sometimes I don't love Delirious's booking, um, there's a definite story being told at the foundation, and and I like it. And and honestly, um, I thought I thought the Pure Rules tag match might have been the match of the night. Um, that and and Jay Briscoe and Shane Taylor were my two top matches um, and the pure title would have been number three um, for me. And, and just because uh, for whatever reason, Flip Gordon takes me out of things and I don't, I don't know why, um, but I agree with you. It, it didn't feel as long as it was when I saw the time, I can't remember what it was at the, um, you know, I like the ring of honor shows the, in the graphic corner, um, how long the match was, you know, Jonathan Gresham by pinfall or submission in 26 minutes and 32 seconds or whatever. Um, I really like, that piece uh it gives a little more sports feel to it um shocking after AEW talked for a year about how they were going to be the sports uh centric promotion and i think ring of honor frankly does a little better job of that than than AEW. um i think the foundation though has been set up to be a really good um, faction moving forward and frankly i thought red titus looked really good in that pure rules uh tag match as well and i don't know if you've seen their roh tv from last week not a super important show. It's final battle weekend, so they weren't going to put anything major storyline on there. Um, but he and Delirious had a pretty good match as well. Um, I I hope that Red Titus can feel as important as he's going to need to to be a part of that group. Yeah, for sure. So that's a good segue, and I like what you shared there because that brings me to my second big thing. And and you mentioned it too. Roosh retains the, the Ring of Honor World Title defeating Brody King, um, not 100% clean, but uh, he definitely showed who he was uh, in terms of being a competitor and being the world champion in Ring of Honor. Um, and again, we, we didn't know what we didn't know. We didn't know what the future was gonna hold for any international talents related to Ring of Honor. Uh, so at least we know for, for that event, for the next series of tapings, I mean, for all we know, they taped another six weeks of TV that's gonna get us into late January and um, who knows what will happen. Maybe it's only going to be till mid January. We, these are things again, we're going to watch play out and I know we'll have a conversation here in regards to that being said, um, you know, putting your champion over strong, which they did. Um, and they also then built what I, what I am perceived to be is going to be the, 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 the main angle that this company is going to focus around between now and I'm projecting perhaps six months, um, and that is the foundation, which we talked about before, and uh, this new group. Uh, not, not maybe not the original La Faction Ingol Naberle, if that's what it was, or um, but uh, maybe 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 that's what it comes to be when Kenny King is able to return from from COVID, um, or maybe it modifies itself. Uh, but I see four strong wrestlers on the foundation's end. Um, and I see three strong wrestlers on the other groups, and 
you could add four if you consider Rouge's and Dragon Lee's dad in the mix. I would hope that's not the path they go. I would really like to see them add someone else. Um, but uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking as if folks are very well aware of what happened. But at the end, Rouge's dad, um, Bestia, La Bestia Del Ring, I believe is the name, um, comes, comes in, hits Brody King right across the head with a chair, shoots him into the corner. Rouge gets the, the double kick uh, running bull by the horns finishers, whatever they call that. Um, and that's how he, that's how he wins the match. And uh, you had Dragon Lee come out before that and cause a distraction, which led to uh, the dad, uh, the father, Bestia, La Bestia Del Ring coming in and causing this. Uh, and then all three celebrated there at the end. Um, so um, what I really actually enjoyed uh, just as an add-on was um, Amy Rose's commentary. Uh, I actually hadn't really seen her involvement in this group, uh, but I think, um, the bilingual nature uh, that she brought and and just the the aura she gave as as added commentary to the match really meant meant more to me. Um, and was able to take that story and that match to a different level. I think with fans it would have been at a completely different level. Um, but I think that was good there. So um, I perceive that you're going to have Rush's faction and the foundation as being the 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 story uh between now and i'm I, again i'm projecting six months i i see ring of honor best in the world in june as being uh you know kind of what they build to and and, and to your point like you mentioned a minute ago potentially the jay lethal challenging roosh potentially tracy williams challenging roosh rat titus could even do that as well i see I see a, a path perhaps where that is what happens leading to Gresham finally getting and, and challenging um, and having the ultimate collision at the end, but then having, you know, one-offs and two-offs of, of, I'm going to call it faction warfare for lack of a better term between now and then. Um, again, the big, the big, the big question over the top of my head is who, who, who might that fourth person be that you could pay, maybe add to this group. Um, and then the other thing I'll, I'll just jump in there and say is just the interesting dynamic that I anticipate if Kenny King does come back to the group between Kenny King and Rhett Titus, because they, of course, have a long and storied history. Yeah, and I, I think King will be put, kept in that group. They've As they've done promos and things, they've, they haven't tried to downplay his involvement in La Fashion and Gonables. Um, so I, I do think that's the four. I think Bestia Del Ring is the fourth. Um, and I, and I got to admit, that's a little bit of a wah, wah for me. Um, I, you know, I am not um, super up on the Lucha Libre scene in Mexico. Um, you know, usually I kind of catch people or hear about people as they kind of get a buzz in maybe PWG or other um indie bookings, which of course that's just not happening right now um, as much, but that's where I first became aware of people like Bandito and, and Roosh, um, although Roosh doesn't work PWG, but his name kind of surfaced around um, some of the bigger names, Dragon Lee, um, Black Taurus, people like that. Uh, I got to admit, Bestia Del Ring, I had to look him up. Um, in fact, I had to look up, was he actually even Dragon Lee and Roosh's dad or was that just storyline? And he is, he's dad. Um, yeah, they're clearly building that as the storyline. I agree with you. If Best in the World isn't Jonathan Gresham versus Roosh for the Ring of Honor World title, then I think Delirious has lost sight of what he's doing. I mean, I think the story is right there. Um, and at that point, frankly, I'd leave the tag titles and the pure title on Jonathan Gresham until that match. Um, or, or maybe until earlier in that night, because then he'd potentially have to work three matches on that show. 
Um, and there's a story you could tell there if you did if you did another every title must be defended at best in the world, which would make sense because it's best in the world. So you should have the best people in the world fighting for the titles, right? Um, so that would make a lot of sense. So then Gresham, who worked two night two, at final battle, you can tell the story. He worked two matches and won them both. Can he do three and win the Ring of Honor World Title? I just think there's a really compelling story you could tell there. I think Gresham absolutely can work three matches in Ring of Honor, um, even in the Ring of Honor style, quote unquote. Um, you can be tired, but I think he can do it. Um, and and you tell that story of this broken down. You know, he had a tough pure title match against whoever, John Walters or somebody, um, you know, he had a tough tag team title match against the Briscoes or whatever. Um, and I, I think there's an interesting story about the Briscoes going on there too, but we can, um, we can go there some other point or maybe you'll bring, you know, maybe we'll talk about that. Um, the good news, I think, in all of this is that it appears Rusha and Dragon Lee are going to be hanging around at least for a while. Um, now, granted, they could have Rush drop the world title on a TV taping, but I, think that would be short-sighted so I don't think they do that I think you just do it a final battle if you were gonna if you were just needing to get the belt off of it um so I think this is good this either means they've re-signed they've renegotiated something has happened um where they're going to be around because they're also building obviously that top storyline around um Rouge and Dragon Lee's faction as well so I, I think that's the really good news out of this the yeah Bestia Del Ring um a it's 2020, folks. Do we need an unprotected chair shot to the head? Have we gotten past that? Like, it wasn't the hardest chair shot ever thrown. I mean, dear old dad probably used to be able to throw a lot more behind his chair shots than he can now. I don't know how old the man is. Um, kudos to Ian Riccoboni and Caprice for trying to sell it like a major development. But it didn't. Like, I was just like, oh, that's the guy. Okay. Who is he? Um, and, and then I kind of looked up and read about him and I'm like, okay, he's had a long career in Mexico. And I, I suppose an audience in Mexico, that might mean something too. And, and they're trying to reach, obviously by using Rouge and Dragon Lee and that they're trying to, to reach into the Mexican market and the Hispanic market in the U S and that sort of thing. So maybe it did mean something more to other people who know more about the Lucha Libre scene than I do. Um, but yeah, it, it fell flat. And so that was the one kind of downer for me in Final Battle was I, I thought Roosh and Brody King had had a really nice kind of hoss brawl. Um, and, and just, yeah, you do a screw job, kind of a screw job ending. Um, I think you were very kind to say not 100% clean, um, like 20% clean. Um, I mean, unprotected chair shot to the head's not clean, pretty not clean. Um, and interference and all of that sort of thing. I think it could also tell, although it doesn't appear they were going this way, um, you know, Brody King used to be part of a faction. Um, and now he had nobody to have his back. And, uh, you know, you have Dragon Lee and Bestia who get involved. You have to assume Kenny King would have been involved had he not unfortunately tested positive for COVID um, and not been there. So, you know, is there a story to tell with that? Brody's a man on his own and, Unfortunately, look what happened. He didn't have PCO and Flip and and Marty to back him up. Does he find himself some friends? I don't know. Be interesting to see where they go with Brody. But uh, I thought it was a good main event with a lame ending. 
Yeah, and for anyone watching our simulcast on YouTube, I didn't just yawn. I was about to sneeze, and thankfully it like got to the tip of my nose and then decided to go back in. So I was not yawning at your comment, Jim, <laughs> or viewers, um, our, our four folks that do watch us. I just wanted to be very clear yeah, about, on YouTube. <laughs> about, about that. Um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see. One thing I just want to like kind of pontificate on out loud is, you know, how does Ring of Honor potentially incentivize the Honor Club? going forward uh, in a time where we're likely going to continue to not have uh, fans at events for a while. And then, and then two, like, you know, typically they have their stable events. They have the anniversary show, they have best in the world, they have death before dishonor and they have final battle. Those are kind of the four pay-per-view pillars of the year, but then they've had other standalone events that they were running live. You know, do they do like monthly events and specifically have them for Honor Club and do them very similar to what they did for Final Battle to keep the stories going, or do they just rely on TV? I'm going to be very interested to watch how that plays out in the months to come. I agree. I'm, I'm actually very interested to see TV this weekend because um, this should, I think, be the first uh, show from the tapings they did around Final Battle. So it should start to show what's that next stretch look like. And I agree. Yeah. Um, I think they would be wise to do something like that monthly specials on, on honor club. If they're not going to do live shows, I had read somewhere that last Sunday they were going to announce a couple of events. Um, but all they ended up announcing was the ring of honor or the ring of honor experience, uh, is returning, which really was just a Facebook group. Um, and I've joined it and I'm about tired of reading about every random indie wrestler from all over the country that somebody wants ring of honor to look at interesting idea there. And maybe they will take a look at some of those folks and maybe some of them will be really, really good in Ring of Honor. I certainly know some of the names, have heard some of the names, but the vast majority of them know um, to the people who keep putting Austin Aries in there, stop it. Um, well, and, and to that end, like, and I and I joined it as well. And then I tried to kind of mute my notifications there until I was through Final Battle to not be spoiled. Um, two thoughts come to mind. A, it, it, it's, a it's a dangerous precedent you're possibly setting yourself up for because we're still in a pandemic so to 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 put out there who do you want to see like choose your honor okay well if you have you know it's not baskin robbins it's not 31 flavors you can't have every single one you can't have a small spoonful of each to decide really what you want in your cone um so that's a dangerous idea a great analogy <laughs> so it's a dangerous idea unless you have the means to pay it off so that's number one number two they need to be a little bit more structured in terms of kind of maybe setting topics. So this isn't like a message board. I think it's in the vein of a message board from back in the day. But if you really want to just do a message board, do a message board. I mean, I know moderation is a pain in the butt. And that's why the previous Ring of Honor board, which we have fond memories of you and I back when it was pure, when when the foundation of Ring of Honor's message board was what it was. What it was. You remember um, the foundation. <laughs> precisely. Um that's the place that you have conversations and you have some discussions. Cause I wanted to bring up my thoughts about the, the Roosh faction and the foundation faction. And, but I just feel like that's going to get buried in that type of forum. One thing that they are doing, and this brings me to my third um, big thing is they did have six, I think names that kind of were like, that they said had risen to the top of kind of perception for who should be the next title contender uh, and now they're now they're it was, they were counting all of the um the mentions or do you think they put the six names they wanted to put on that board? oh of course, yeah the latter for sure 
the latter for sure. So, um, so then, and, and then with that, now there's a poll going on. So really they're asking fans to interact in that way. So I appreciate that again, as long as you honor it, as long as a uh, funny word that I chose there, honor, um, as long as you, as long as you, you know, follow through on it, then, then there's, then there's weight and it doesn't lose credibility with fans, especially if you're saying, Hey, choose your honor, interact with us. But my third big thing was again, Shane Taylor. And I appreciated um, two things about his final battle. A number one, not willing, not being willing to accept just being given the six-man titles for he and the SOS. I think that's a really important footnote to his character development, and that he really wants to prove himself and earn things. You know, I I, I, I ha- have come around slowly to Shane Taylor, but I, but I'm I'm getting there quicker and quicker day by day. I, I, it always graded me a little bit when Ian Riccoboni is always like the, the lineage of the TV title and Shane Taylor is always one of the first names that come to mind because in my perception and in my connection to Ring of Honor, it isn't a big deal, but it actually probably is. And it, and just because I wasn't following the product at that time doesn't diminish like the run he had and, and all of those things. So, so, and, and he's also one of their top stars now. So it's important to say, to put him first, be ahead of the, the Adam Coles of the world. And, and even, even before you mentioned Jay Lethal, because uh, you know, it, it was a more recent relevant title run. So, so I think that's important that Shane Taylor doesn't want to accept anything as a handout. He wants to earn it. He wants to win it in the ring. He wants to prove himself in that way. So I appreciated that very much as much as I would have in the fantasy world uh, or fantasy league would have appreciated title win points for two of the three SOS Shane Taylor promotions guys. I digress. The, se- the, the, the second part of that is <clears throat> the Jay Briscoe match. Again, we both agree. One of the, one of the top, two top three matches of that event. Uh, love that Taylor went over. Love that they continue to, to to put him towards a potential title shot or something in that vein. I, I it, As much in the same vein of how they were willing to, the, the board of directors, the Ring of Honor board of directors, was just going to give them the six-man titles. I wish the board of directors would have also then said, hey, we have an opportunity where we have two top-level talents we're going to match them up, but here's actually something at stake so that you know they're fighting for more than just the value of a win. Make it a number one contenders match. If you have the means to strip the titles and give them to a team, you have the means to make this a number one contenders match. And I think that would have just taken this match to the next level uh, storyline-wise. Um, I think you still get to the end result where Shane Taylor's going to get a title shot at some point against Roosh or whomever the champion is. However, I feel like you could have added some prestige if you had made this an unborn contenders match and and again a win over jay briscoe no matter the context is important and valuable he is probably like the one talent in ring of honor say for maybe jay lethal who has you know he, they're both evergreen they're they a win over them at any time any place anywhere means something to your to your lineage uh it just seemed like it could have been done a touch more so that was my third big thing yeah, absolutely, and and I agree. I loved w- when when Quinn said, you know, the board of directors has decided that they're going to bequeath these titles to you. I literally went, oh come on! And then when Shane Taylor said, uh, uh-uh, you know, when he started looking at the guys, and you could tell from the looks on their faces, I was like, oh thank God he's going to say no. Um, that that's what they're doing here. They're they're setting that piece up instead of. Uh, you know, by hook or by crook, Shane Taylor and promotions, you know, becomes the six man. Um, Cause I thought, Oh, what weak booking to just hand them the titles and not even bothered. I, I as much as I said, don't make it cheeseburger, Eli Isom and Ryan Nova. I would have rather that over handing over titles. So um, 
I, I was glad they didn't do that. And, you know, now the six man titles are going to sit dormant until February ish, probably. Um, you know, Ray Horace at least had his belt with him. So we remember that it, it's a thing. Um, and, and Horace looked good, by the way. But uh, that's a, a different story. And Dalton Castle, my, how the mighty have fallen. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought Shane Taylor looked good. I just, uh, while you were talking there, I pulled up the Choose Your Honor group, uh, Tom and looked at that poll. They actually also put up a poll for the pure title uh, to see who people want to see get a title shot. And uh, Josh Woods is running away with that one. Um, looks like if I'm, you know, he, I, does, he does deserve it. So let's he, be fair. Yeah, right. And, and so that's, I'm glad to see the fans aren't, you know, just voting. They have delirious on that poll. And I'm like, why? He hasn't won a match on TV. Why? 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 Um, stop booking yourself. Um, but um, I understand it's one less body, you know, COVID, I get it, but stop. Um, for the world title poll, though, I, I added it up real quick on the votes. It looks like 327 people have voted. Uh, and uh, 119 of those votes have gone to Shane Taylor. Uh, and he is by far the leader. The next, he's got a 41 vote lead on Matt Taven, uh, who is the next one and I was making sure I could see the video to see your response on I'm Matt Taven getting uh potentially a world title shot. Matt Taven number two, EC three number three with 66 votes. Others with 27 votes uh is next. Uh and I suppose if I read through the 53 comments I'd find out who some of those were, but I'm not gonna do that. Um at least not on the air here. Brody King 22 votes and interestingly Jay Briscoe only getting 15 votes. Um People don't seem to want to see Jay Briscoe versus Roosh, which I wouldn't mind seeing that match. I think that would be a good match. Um, I'd rather see that than Matt Taven, to be perfectly honest, or or EC3 at this point. I think EC3 needs to be built before you get anywhere near that. Um, he has some name recognition, but, you know, he's got two matches in Ring of Honor, one a six-man title or a six-man tag loss and another a two-minute um, angle really more than anything with Jay Briscoe. So uh, yeah, don't, don't do that yet. Uh, so I'm glad to see Shane Taylor winning that the ring. There's hope for the ring of honor faithful. If they're voting for Shane Taylor for the world title match, and Josh Woods for the pure title match. Um, I think it'd be interesting if they put up a tag team poll, because who do you put on it? Um, that tag division. Oh my goodness. Got some work to do there, guys. Um, that all being said, we were talking about Shane Taylor. I, I love the the presentation of him. I like that he was the one that called Jay Briscoe out. Um, it wasn't that Briscoe said, I'm looking for a fight or, you know, whatever. It was Shane Taylor said, hey, you're looking for a fight. You got one. Um, so he's not afraid of a Ring of Honor icon, a former world champion, you know, one of the toughest guys in the company, blah, 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 all the stuff they say. Um, and I agree with you. A win over Jay Briscoe or Jay Lethal, you're 100% right, means something. Um I think a win over either of those guys, you know, I just mentioned Dalton Castle, who's a former world champion too. A win over either one of those guys means a ton more than a win over somebody like Dalton Castle or Matt Taven, a former champion as well. Um, you know, booking is a, is the reason there, frankly, uh, for both of those guys. Um, not that I'm a huge fan of either one of them. I think Castle has a place on the card. I just don't think it ever should have been world champion. Um, and Taven is what Taven is. Uh, we've we've beaten that horse a few times, but I think Shane Taylor is is one of the up and coming stars that uh, 
I don't know if I'm ready to see him as Ring of Honor World Champion just yet, but do I think in 2021 I'll be ready sometime? I, I do. I think they can get him there. Um, and how cool, because I got to be honest, when Keith Lee left and went to Evolve, um, and and so the Pretty Boy Killers, uh, you know, kind of had a very short run in Ring of Honor, and then Shane stayed in Ring of Honor while Keith Lee moved on to Evolve, you know, I just, I thought Shane Taylor was going to kind of be the Marty Jannetty of that tag team, to be perfectly honest. Um, and how cool that both of them now have found some level of success. I mean, obviously Keith Lee is, you know, featured on Raw. Yeah, I mean, for whatever that's worth. Um, and uh, how they don't book that guy better. Anyways, um, and, and Shane Taylor now, one of the top guys in Ring of Honor. I think that's pretty cool um, that a tag team that you and I saw in a dark match at, I believe, the last live show I have attended in Dallas. Um, I Well, I think he was, that was in Dallas, or was it Atlanta? Well, anyways, I saw him in a dark match in Ring of Honor. That's what I'm saying. And uh, the Pretty Boy Killers were, were impressive then, and, and to see where they're at now is cool. Um, Shane Taylor, big things coming from him. And I, and I hope SOS has a big 2021 as well. Um, I, I think there's some talent there. I think, again, you just, you got to book them in a way that makes them important um, and and feature them. And uh, if they're ready for that, let's see it. Because, hey, as much as I just said, the tag team division needs some help. They're a ready-made tag team. They look like a tag team. They sound like a tag team. They work like a tag team. You, you can start there. You, got, you need to add some more, but you can start there. Uh, so Shane Taylor. Excited to see, and and I thought a really good match with Ian Briscoe. Any other final battle thoughts? Or? Yeah, no, those. I think I think we were those three big things. Those are my big takeaways, and then there's a couple smaller things. But I'm gonna I'm gonna watch how things maybe move progress on TV. Um, one note to to the, your comment about hopefully we'll see maybe some new developments or some next steps. I know the TV this week is that kind of that Christmas gimmick match. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, so hopefully, I mean, again, they 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 don't have to go totally wonky and goofy with it, but we'll see. Delirious does like wonky and goofy, so I'm a little fearful. Um, in fact, I'm kind of thinking he's going to be in the dumb match. Um, I and I saw that if I understood it right, they're going to open presents that have then the names of their partners. Okay. It's like, it's like white elephant secret Santa all in mixed up into one. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Um, so, you know, there's going to be, if, if that's the case, Jay, cause it's Jay and Mark are the captains, right? I, I, I um, hadn't seen or heard, but that makes sense. It, it, I think it's Jay and Mark are the two captains. And so, you know, you're going to get some sort of wonky, delirious, Kikataro somebody, um, Dan Housen probably ends up in this match, honestly. Um, and Dan Housen, congratulations. Welcome to Ring of Honor. That could have been on TV. It didn't need to be on Final Battle. Anyways, um, especially with that finish. Um, just just my two cents. Uh, no, I agree. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. And yeah, you're right. That Christmas match. And then there's, I think there's one other match this weekend. Um, or maybe it was, be they've got an Honor Club and YouTube exclusive Kenny King and LSG that they apparently... Did, couldn't figure out how to fit into the TV shows um, that was taped last round, obviously, since King missed this round. One, um, one, one final thing before you transition to TLC. I do, you do have to admit, though, the Dan Housen match had teeth. It did have teeth. It did have teeth, and the poor referee got him right in the eye. Um, you know, I, I think Dan Housen has a place in Ring of Honor or, or, or somewhere on a show. 
Um, it's a little weird in Ring of Honor for me. Um, I, I like Danhausen. I don't know what it is about him. I just it went a little too long, and and that was a TV match ending. You know the the rub the makeup, hit the mic, um, Eddie Guerrero ish. Uh, which you know any nod to Eddie Guerrero I love, but um, yeah, that could have been done as a TV main event or something. I just it didn't need to be on Final Battle. Um, and maybe it was supposed to be on TV originally. Danhausen had missed the previous tapes taping settings uh, or set due to him being at the collective and there were a number of people who had tested positive there. I don't believe Danhausen ever did from, from what I had read, but um, everybody who'd worked the collective, they just didn't have work that set out of an, an abundance of caution uh, because there had been at least a small outbreak there. So maybe that was supposed to be on TV and they just had to get it in before the end of the year since they had that stipulation that he had to win one by the end of the year. So, um, although you could have put him up in this Christmas match and if his team wins, does that mean then that he would have gotten his win? And it's a Christmas miracle. I can hear Ian yelling it. It's a Christmas miracle in Ring of Honor. Um, yeah, anyways. Armchair booking. It is what it is. Um, let's move to other armchair booking uh, and talk about TLC, which I, I did see. Um, I saw most of it live on Sunday and then uh, watched uh, the last two matches uh, on Monday morning just by the time I, I got to it and had some other things going on. So, um, you know, I thought TLC and Tom, I, I mentioned this to you off air. Um, it, it's a good show. It, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, the work's fine. You know, storylines are okay. Um, you know, they, they move along what they're doing, however you feel about what they're doing, but they move along what they're doing. Um, if somebody watches the show, I don't think you're going to be like, God, I hate that I spent three hours doing that. But if you don't watch it, you're also not going to like, not be able to understand what's happening on a ring on ring of honor on WWE TV. Uh, not that they ever move story lines along back quickly. Anyways, um, retribution. There's my weekly mention. Um, so uh, who was not on TLC, um, but uh, the first big thing I have to talk about is the return of the queen. Charlotte Flair, I, I hinted that I thought that could be where they were going, um, and I nailed it. Uh, you and I, however, both whiffed on the pick for that match. Um, and uh, and I guess in, in some ways, if they were going to go Charlotte Flair, and I think I said this last week, like, how do you, you how do you have Charlotte Flair return and, they, and she and Asuka, who are two of your top four or five women on the, in the entire world, probably, and definitely on that brand um, of WWE, not, not Raw, WWE. Um, how do you have them come back in that team, not win, um, not beat Nia and Shayna? I still think it was incredibly short-sighted and stupid if Lana is not actually injured, which everything I've read says she's not. Um, I mean, just to take her out of that match and not have her put Nia through a table and not have her, like, just stupid. Um, but that being said, that's not what we're talking about. Um, Charlotte, I thought, looked lean, looked good, um, looked pretty good in the ring. You know, she hasn't been in the ring in six months. Um, and it's almost WrestleMania time. And they're already, um, she's being way too chummy with Asuka. Um, it's coming. I mean, it's so blatant what's coming. Um, and she did on Raw, which I'm guessing you haven't seen either since you haven't, you normally, I know you try to watch things kind of in succession. Um, 
she starts to ask Asuka, hey, friend to friend, about that Raw women's title. And then they get interrupted by Nia and Shayna, um, who want to come out and complain about the loss. So the seeds are being planted, whether they do that at the Rumble or whether, you know, I, I could see Charlotte winning the Rumble, frankly, um, which she did last year. So, you know, maybe maybe don't do that again. But um, I, I could see it. And I think Charlotte Asuka is probably where they head for Mania um, again. But, uh, you know, the return of the queen, it's good to have another top star in that women's division back. Some people complain, oh, she comes back and she wins right away. And I'm like, well, she's one of the top stars. You know, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to come back and put Peyton Rice over and then take her off TV for another two months? Um, It's the running joke if that was the case. I'm going to work them all in. Uh, (laughs) What's that? I said that was the running joke if that was the case. (laughs) Right. you know, you're going to have Nikki Cross beat her when you, when you come back in? No, I mean, she's Charlotte Flair. Um, yeah, I, I just, I was, I'm excited to see her back. Um, yes, a little self-serving because I did draft her in the 2021 uh, Fantasy Wrestling League. So I needed her to come back so that I, that draft pick was not for naught. But you had to know she was coming back. It's Royal Rumble. It's WrestleMania time. All signs were that she was now healthy um, from having had surgery a few months back. Uh, Charlotte Flair being back is is a good thing in the women's division. I yes, don't don't have her beat everybody and just run through the whole roster. Don't do that. Um, it, she's wrestled one match. Let's not freak ourselves out here that that's what's happening. Did uh, did she get the pinfall in the to win did. the belts? Okay, she did. Yeah, who she did? Who? Oh, Shayna. Wow. Okay. Yeah, natural selection and pin Shayna. Um, which I would have gone the other way too. I would have pinned Nia because I think they're missing the boat on Shayna Baszler. Um, by a mile, um, and they continue to miss the boat on Shayna Baszler by a mile. Um, I, I I keep hoping they're going to figure it out, and that this has all been, you know, Shayna's a tough cookie, um, and they have her often be the one who gets the win when the tag team, when her and Nia win. Um, but this, you know, bully tag team they've got, I, I just don't think it's doing Shayna any favors. Um, you know, Shayna and Charlotte at WrestleMania, I would love to watch. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, Shayna and Becky was a tad bit underwhelming last year. So I, I worry that Vince, for as much as Vince doesn't have a long-term memory, he does when it's things that I think he should forget. Um, you know, he, he remembers the things that I think he shouldn't, and he doesn't remember the things that would make sense. Um, but that that could be a whole other episode of Two Spot Monkeys. That could be a whole anthology of Two Spot Monkeys. Um, but The Return of the Queen is my first big thing. Nice. Yeah. And I appreciate the context for, uh, for who, who pinned who and, and how it all came together. And I can't add much more other than treat Shayna Baszler better, please. <laughs> right. We're not asking for much here, people. Um, my second big thing, I'm, I'm staying with the women uh, here. Um, Carmella really stepped up. If you were to watch one match, Tom, uh, go back and watch one match. I actually would tell you to go back and watch the Sasha Banks and Carmella match. Um, you know, I've always liked Carmella, like, not like, oh my gosh, they need to push Carmella to the top of the card, but like, I've liked the character-ish. Um, I really like this new twist on the character, though, where it's not uh, Jersey Girl, you know, kind of annoying, all of that fabulous, um, you know, crap. But, um, sorry, Midwestern boy here. Um, you know, all of that. But this, like, she's, I think it's undeniable, or I can't remember the, the word that she uses. Um and, and she's got a little bit of that Charlotte, Sasha, um, like, look, 
I am who I am. I'm the best, you know, in the world and I deserve to, to have what I have. Um, and, and her work was really good with Sasha, um, on, on Sunday. So I, I got to give Carmella props. I do have to say, I always laugh when Corey Graves just gushes over Carmella because everybody and their sister knows that they're in a real life relationship. Um, and so when she comes out and Corey just says, oh, she's the most beautiful woman in the world. I'm like, dude, you're trying to earn brownie points. Knock it off. Uh, you know, that uh, is what it is. But I, I always find it funny. Um, and I often think, gosh, you know, I, I hope they stay together forever and are happy and, you know, all of that. But if that relationship were to ever end, and let's be honest, in wrestling, there just aren't a ton of relationships that last forever anymore, it seems. Um, it'd be interesting to hear the commentary then. I mean, I think Corey Graves is a professional. He, he'd do his job. But um, I, because of the relationship, I always find that interesting, um, his gushing over her. Not that he doesn't gush over Mandy Rose and, and some other folks as well. Um, but uh, it's a little over the top with Carmella, which I understand. And it's probably a wink-wink, nudge-nudge that they're doing anyways. Um, like, Hey, y'all know they're together, right? <laughs> um, cause that's exactly what Vince finds funny. Um, but Carmella really stepped up. And so, so put all that relationship stuff to the side. Um, I enjoyed it and, and actually had a few moments where I thought Carmella was going to win the title. Um, and, and thought, gosh, we're still doing this whole Sasha Banks can't, can't hang out of the title for a long thing. Um, but alas, Sasha keeps the belt. And, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see, if they do anything with it uh, tomorrow night on SmackDown uh, or where they go in the future with it, you know, tomorrow night SmackDown is a loaded freaking show um, as it is. Um, and I know there are spoilers out there. I have seen um, posts that say spoil, you know, Christmas night spoilers for SmackDown. I've tried to avoid those um, because that is a loaded show. You got the women's tag titles being defended. Uh, you have a steel cage universal title match and you've got the intercontinental title match, uh, which, I fully expect Big E to win that match. Um, they like to do title changes right towards the end of the year, and that one just makes a world of sense here. Um, that's not what we're talking about, though. Carmella, go watch that match if you watch any. Now, do I would I tell you you have to see Carmella and Sasha? No. But if you decide you're going to watch one match, I might pick that one. And, and do you think there's uh, more on the table for them? There could be. Okay. There could be, yeah. Um it was a competitive enough match that I think you could you could have Carmella say, you know, you got me, but I just need one more chance or something like that. Um, I, it, there could be more meat, meat on that bone, I think, um, which might be good because you can't set all the WrestleMania stuff up now. It's a little early. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I kind of would like to see them, and I know some people would say, oh, we're going back to that. I'd love to see Sasha and Bailey. At WrestleMania, to be honest, I think that storyline deserved a WrestleMania match. I think they could have gotten that out of it, but now that you've had Bailey kind of off on her own and Sasha doing her own thing, and you kind of had the final thing between them, I don't know. Maybe Bailey wins the Rumble, and Bailey goes after Sasha. You know, I just think those two deserve that. Um, whatever WrestleMania looks like this year, uh, I, I'm thinking there's going to be some fans there. It's not going to be a sellout crowd. You know, they're am, not I, gonna be am, I, am I correct? They're going back to Tampa. I I can't remember if they've officially said that, but all signs have pointed okay, to that because LA was yeah, LA was the original destination. Yeah, yeah. I, I would love to see them do what is being talked about for the Super Bowl and having you know a limited capacity, but like and, and actually, it's probably not as benevolent enough. And you know, NFL doesn't care about. I mean, they care about profits, but they also care about public image. 
WWE doesn't do that. So I was going to say, letting first responders be the people that fill up the stadium. Um, I, unfortunately, I don't see that being the case. Yeah, I agree. I think that would be actually really great if that's what they do. Um, and yeah, it's going to be, you know, maybe 10,000 people in a 50,000 seat venue. Um, but I, I got to be honest, and this is an aside before I get to my third big thing. I can't wait for, and, and I know we've had a little bit of it with AEW with fans. Um, I'm looking forward to fans being back. I, they, they add a lot. I think companies are, all the companies are doing as much as they can. You know, WWE adds in some crowd sounds. They obviously have some people in the stands for the Capitol Wrestling Center, not at the Thunderdome. Uh, you know, everybody's been trying to do what they can throughout this crazy, crazy time that we live in. Um, but man, I'm, I'm missing that. And, and I'm missing going to a live show. As I mentioned, Dallas was the last live show, which is crazy. That was, you know, what, four years ago, I think now. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, you and I going, you and I need to get together and go to a ring of honor show when that happens again. So, um, but that's maybe looking forward into our preview for 2021 next year, next week or something. Um, maybe 2021. We'll see how that works out. Um, my last big thing. Um, and, and I don't know where to go with this is the fiend fireball. Um, the firefly Funhouse uh, Inferno match. Uh, that closed the show actually was a pretty decent brawl uh, between the fiend and Randy Orton. I liked that both guys came out and were wearing not just their gear. Um, the fiend stayed in his jacket. Well, I guess he was in his gear, but he stayed in his jacket. He has long pants. Orton had a hoodie and blue jeans on. Um, so they were playing up the, um, you know, it, look, if you're going to wrestle in a match that you're going to possibly get lit on fire, you're not going to be Randy Orton and go out in your speedo. Like, that just doesn't make any sense, right? Um, sorry, that's what wrestling trunks are. Um, but, um, you know, and The Fiend, like I said, kept his jacket on, which eventually in the end of the match, that's what lit on fire was his jacket, which was already a pretty cool visual. Um, and I thought looked a lot better than way back when, the first Inferno match when Kane had the, the arm thing on and then ran around going, oh, my arm's on fire. Um, you know, that match was fine for what it was in the day. But I thought this was a pretty cool visual when the whole back of the theme lit up. Um, and then they went, obviously, they cut between some pre-tape stuff. And you, if you're watching for it, you can see the differences in what's happening. Um, but I also think that sometimes people watch too much for that. Like, just watch the story unfold. Of course they pre-taped it, because you can't actually light a human being on fire on the map, people. Um so they had some sort of dummy of the fiend, you know, obviously is what they did is my assumption. Um, again, cause you didn't light a real person on fire. Um, and a real person wouldn't lay there still if he was on fire. I don't care if Bray Wyatt's crazy, um, but poured gasoline on what looked to be the fiend laying there and lit the dude on fire. And you end with this image of the fiend. Just, it was like the end of a horror movie, really uh, the fiend laying in the middle of the ring, flame shooting off his body and Randy Orton doing his little pose could have done without the pose. That was a little bit weird. Um, but I thought it was a cool visual. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting to see where do they go with the fiend from here? Bray Wyatt tweeted out a cocoon, um, after the show and said, thank you. Um, so it seems they're hinting at some sort of evolution, maybe of the fiend character, uh, Monday night raw. He the fiend was not seen, but Alexa bliss, uh, was swinging on a swing set uh, that randomly showed up in the ring 
um, since she's doing this kind of pixie evil thing um, and made the comments um, that Randy Orton better hope the fiend doesn't come back because if he does, you know, and, and they both made really terrible jokes about like the fiend's favorite food is barbecue. And um, he was really on fire lately. And I mean, just, I was like, Oh my God, these are Vince McMahon, like dad jokes almost. Um, what did they do with Orton on Monday? The, this interaction with oh, him. Just, and, yeah, okay. Okay. Um, you know, yeah, basically said, I'm the baddest MF on the planet is basically what he said, because, and he also though did say, um, and I, I haven't watched all of Raw, but I've read uh, the report um, and then decided I probably didn't need to see the rest of it. Um, he did say that he doesn't hear the voices in his head anymore now that the fiend is gone, which if they want to go with something around that, I think there's some interesting story. Now it may be a one-off line that they never come back and do anything with, but you know, Randy's always talked about the voice in his head. Heck it's the first line in his theme song for 20 years or whatever in the world it's been. Um, you could do some interesting things there. I mean, the fiend, I think the fiend character is interesting. I think you've got to just suspend disbelief with the fiend character. Okay. You, the fiend would not work in ring of honor. Um, you know, if you think Dan Housen is a little bit of an odd fit in ring of honor, the fiend would not work. Um, but I can suspend my disbelief. Look, if I could suspend my disbelief for 30 years for the undertaker, I can do it for the fiend. Um, so I'm interested to see where they go with the fiend. I guess is my big thing out of it, and it was just a cool visual of literally his face and whole body. I don't know. Check a YouTube clip if you haven't seen it, Tom, just to see the visual. Um, it, it was an interesting visual, and kudos to them for doing something that made me go, "Oh!" Like when he was pouring gasoline on the fiend, I'm like, "Okay, Alexa Bliss is going to turn the lights out, and then the fiend's going to be gone." You know, because they've done that before, right? I mean, the lights go out. They come back up and Randy's standing there looking around and the fiend's gone. No, he lit that dude on fire. <laughs> like he burned. And I went, I didn't see that coming. Okay. Um, so that was interesting. All right. Well, that, uh, again, save for SmackDown tomorrow and, uh, and Raw on Monday. That puts uh, 2020 for WWE in the tank. <laughs> and it is a part of it. Um, it does. And uh, the other the other thing I want to bring up uh, real briefly, uh, not as a, a big thing, but um, you and I talked about a little bit off air here before. Uh, almost got involved physically for the first time. Um, I think it was the first time um, at TLC. He when the Miz cashed in, he took the Miz off uh, the ladder and, and held him like you would hold your wife when you're carrying her over the threshold on your wedding night. And, and very gingerly dropped him over the top rope through a table. Oh, boy. Um, you know, Miz sold it like he got dropped off the top of the Empire State Building, uh, which good for the Miz because that's kind of what you have to do um, in that situation. So he, he tried to save it as best he could. Um, almost as good, like, that had to look more devastating. Like, it just didn't. It looked like what they would do the practice run the first time. Okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to walk over and drop him. Okay, now I need you to make it look a little more, you know, at least like let your arms come out, you know, demonstratively so it looks more devastating. Like it really looked like the training video of how you would drop somebody through a table. And uh, like I said, kudos to the Miz for trying to make it look a lot worse than it was. But I, I watched it and went, well, he's tall. That's what he's got right now. He's tall. Um Maybe he can he can become something because if he can, because of his height, I think he could be a heck of an attraction. 
Um, wow, that left me just not caring at all. Um, and and again, I did not watch the street fight, so I don't know if he physically got involved. I'd have to go back and read it. Um, they had a six man street fight on on Raw. Uh, we'll see where it goes, but yeah, uh, he's a menacing looking dude. But yeah, puppies puppies wouldn't have been hurt. That's all I'm saying. Um, well. So that puts TLC in a, in a bag, I guess, for... And then let's talk about things that come out of a bag. Famous Christmas wrestling memories. That was a terrible segue. I apologize. Um, Tom, you've been kind of chomping at the bit on this one. Uh, we've talked about it the last couple of weeks. So I know you've got um, a good story, or I think you do, a good story or a good uh, something around this. So, so I'm going to let you lead off uh, on this one. Yeah, for sure. So, so the one thing I've been hanging on to for a few weeks is really what I want to tell. But before I get to that, I, I one other thing thought jumped to my mind this morning, and I don't know how and why before recording this came to mind, um, but it did. Uh, and so, one of one of my favorite and, and more probably more unexpected Christmas wrestling memories was um, we from a divorced family. We would see my dad, uh, you know, every other year or we would, we'd always have a Christmas, right. But we, it wouldn't necessarily, necessarily always fall on Christmas. Well, one year it happened to fall when Starcade 91 was airing on pay-per-view and my dad had uh, a roommate that lived as well because, you know, being single and, uh, child support and whatever, like having someone to share the rent load, made sense so um anyway the, the i don't even remember the roommate's name but i remember he ordered my brother and i and my dad for lack of a better term uh starkey 91 which was battle bowl and i don't really remember a lot about that show other than the fact obviously the battle bowl is like randomly drawn teams and then there's a big battle royal at the end um but that just remembered my, my brother and i went nuts and we weren't followers of wcw nwa at all like we, we probably would watch like 605 on tbs like on occasion but we were wwf kids through and through um so just the simple fact that we were able to get a pay-per-view at a time where we weren't getting a lot of pay-per-views if any um was it was it was a pretty cool big deal then so that's number one but the real story i want to tell and this is i think hopefully the gem uh is my brother and i um had some really amazing aunts and actually the aunt that that is part of the story has is no longer with us she's passed away um but she lived in texas at the time and shipped the gifts to us or or as best we know shipped the gifts for all i know she gave my mom money my mom went out bought it put labels on it and we were none the wiser um well ahead of christmas two items show up one for my brother and one for myself we're four years apart and without fail we were Toys R Us kids through and through. So we would go to Toys R Us almost weekly, bi-weekly. Like that was like where we spent our allowance and had to convince my stepdad to bring us. Um, we knew they were wrestling buddies. We absolutely knew they were wrestling buddies. And we couldn't wait until Christmas morning to find out who was getting which wrestling buddy. So what does one do when that is the case? You poke holes in the wrapping paper and you figure out which one is which, one of which was the Hulk Hogan, one of which was the Ultimate Warrior. We then decided who we really wanted the most, and I'm pretty sure I was originally intended to get Hogan, and he was originally intended to get Warrior. Well, we removed the label that had our names on them, we covered up the hole that we had poked in, and we did a switcheroo. And on Christmas morning, when we finally opened this gift, my brother got Hulk Hogan, wrestling buddy, 
I got Ultimate Warrior, and we thought we had pulled the biggest ruse in the world. And I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone's ever heard that story. I, I know my parents, A, they don't care, and no, they've never, we've never told them. But that's a little gem that my brother and I have held on to for, gosh, 40 years, 30 years now. This was like early 90s. So, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's my wrestling story. I hope that, um, I feel, I felt like I told it quick, but um, I hope that, that it lands and, uh, yeah, that was just that was a fun that was a fun time, and I just, my brother and I I think just to add to like kind of the the drawing it out a little bit. We 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 knew what we had done, and like we had, it was like an inside joke between us. And so like every day, like we were like waiting to see if someone would find out, and no one ever found out. And my aunt never even circled back and was like, "Oh, I thought I bought you." Like when she came around to the house, and so because she could have been couldn't have been bothered either. She just knew she was giving us what we had asked for. Absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, the funny thing is, I don't think I, I ever had uh, a wrestling buddy. Um, I, I just, and I wish I did now, like, um, especially the Legion of Doom ones, like those were, those were awesome. And I'm a huge Road Warriors Legion of Doom fan. Um, they actually just released, um, uh, it was the Asylum Wrestling Store on Facebook. Um, did a new set of Legion of, actually a Road Warrior, their NWA Road Warrior Black um, black shoulder pads and the, and the NWA face paint, which is slightly different um, than what they evolved to. Um, but they were like 250 bucks for the two things. Um, and they're only like, they're only like 250 of them that they made sets that they made. So, you know, they're going to hold value. Um, yeah. I didn't get them because um, I, you know, I'm still waiting for my 180 bucks that I need to drop uh, when, when new Japan figures uh, are released here in February. Um, they're finally can't and wait. hopefully, hopefully, you win fantasy football this weekend to help offset some of that cost. Actually, I've got 180 bucks sitting in my savings account that's been there since last fantasy football season because these figures were supposed to come out before the pandemic, uh, you know, last spring. Um, so I, I've been ready. They're on pre order. I'm ready to roll. Um, I have since canceled my pre order at the previous um, place that that's gotten real uh, wonky with their their shipping and have re. Re, re pre ordered them somewhere else uh, that I've gotten good reviews on. So um, looking forward to getting those hopefully in the new year. But that not being withstanding, it's not a Christmas thing. Uh, you know, wrestling has always been a part of my life, certainly, and uh, Christmas things. And there have been a lot of different, um, you know, we got, I remember we got, I think, one of the uh, maybe Royal Rumble Super Nintendo game, if I remember right, was a Christmas gift one year. Um, but the, the thing that pops into my head most is I uh, finagled. Uh, so you and I are both in the same boat in that our birthday uh, falls very similar or very close to Christmas uh, within the same month of Christmas. And uh, so I don't know about you, but growing up, I sometimes would end up with this is your birthday and Christmas gift kind of thing. And that sucks because, you know, kids that are born in June don't get that. How come you and I got to get that? And it was never a bigger gift. It was just people being cheap. Um, but for the most part, my mom sometimes would do it. And, and hers then usually it was because it was a bigger thing. And she's like, look, I can't get you a birthday and a Christmas gift if I'm going to get you, you know, the Nintendo or something like that. Um, and, and we did get those kinds of things. Um, but uh, I finagled when I was, I think, a senior in high school. Might have been a junior, but I feel like it was senior. I'd really have to look back at when these came out. But um, the Sony PlayStation 1 was out and it had been out for a little while. It wasn't right when it first came out. Um, and I had been a Nintendo kid pretty much through and through. I had the Nintendo, I had the Super Nintendo, all those kinds of things. 
but I really wanted this Sony PlayStation. I worked at Blockbuster Video at that point, uh, and we had a Sony PlayStation set up where you could play it, um, and we'd switch out the games or whatever. And uh, that was the year that WCW versus the world, WCW NWO versus the world came out for the Sony PlayStation. And so I finagled that for my birthday and Christmas, I didn't want anybody to get me a gift. All I wanted was money. So that, because nobody nobody in my family or friends was going to be buying me a Sony PlayStation. Like, it, they were 150 200 bucks, I think, at that point, which now would be a steal compared to what, you know, the PS5 runs for. Um, it's why I still have a PS3 and never got a 4. Um, maybe I'll get a 5 someday. But, um, I so I finagled. All I wanted was money. And I told people this. Like, I want money that I'm going to save up, and this is what I'm going to buy with it if I get enough money. Um, so my mom, my grandma, my aunt, my brother, if he gave me any, you know, at that point, we're seniors in high school. It wasn't like he had a lot of money. Um, my girlfriend at the time all gave money. I had Sony PlayStation. And the very first game I bought was WCW NWO versus the world, which I don't know if you remember that game, Tom. Did you, were you, were you a Sony PlayStation kid or? I was in a Nintendo 64. Okay. So very much. I, I know I they had they tons of games. games. Yeah. I, that, and I, whoever's making the AEW game made the, a lot of those games. Yep. And it's, it's that I'm going to mess it up. Cause I'm not a video game and my brother would be much better at this than I would, but that, that engine, if you will, the engine yeah. that they use for the gameplay again is well revered. Again, I think there's a Japanese game fire pro. Maybe if I'm not mistaken, has the it, same type of engine. Similar, yeah. Yeah. Like that again, that's like the diehard, like, yeah. And, uh, you know, but WCW NWO versus the world had a, a huge roster of WCW and NWO guys, and then had a huge world roster as well. So a bunch of Japanese guys. The names were all changed, um, but you, you know, online you could easily find the list that said, you know, Cowboy Stan is Stan Hansen or whatever. I don't remember what his name was in the game, but Stan Hansen was in there, and Kenta Kobashi was in there, and the great Muda was in there. Um, and I've always been a huge fan of of Muda and, and Stan Hansen. Look, if you're a cowboy who throws a lariat that about takes the head off, I don't know. I like those characters. Um, you know, Justin Hawk Bradshaw was 10 times better than JBL to me. I said it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and, and, you know, and, and the names go on and on and on and on of who is in there for those Japanese. Satoshi Kojima, uh, who still is working for New Japan today, uh, was in that. Masahiro Chono. Uh, and so, for me, uh, I think, I think Chris Benoit was in there and well, he would have been on the WCW side, uh, Chris Jericho and, and all of these guys. Um, so for me, just having a roster that big, that's always been something I've loved about video games. Um, granted, I have a PS3. I haven't picked up the controller on my PS3 in probably two years. Um, I keep thinking I'm going to sell it. And then I look at what PS3 sell for used now. And I'm like, why? Um, Cause it's really, you know, if I got a hundred bucks for it and the, 15 games I probably have, I might be lucky. Um, but uh, that that one where I was able to kind of finagle and, and get what I wanted, quote unquote. Um, so we both have kind of cunning ways about our wrestling Christmases, uh, but figures have always been a big thing. Um, we'll see if any figures show up under the tree on Friday for me uh, this year. Uh, there, there could be. I did uh, tip my wife off to a few that I might be interested in uh, that were available on Amazon. So, um, but uh, we'll see how that all works out. I, I do have a Christmas present coming on Monday for myself uh, that about my own money and, and not, but uh, my MJF figure for ringside collectibles uh, from the AEW line two is going to be showing up. And your corrected Kyle O'Reilly should be showing up. I saw on Monday as well uh, from our fantasy football bet that uh, 
Tom also whooped my tail in much like had that here on two spot monkeys. Um, we might have to negotiate whether the G24 league is in that bet next year, but we can talk next year about that. Um, <laughs> or put a handicap in that league. Jeez, Louise. Um, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's always been fun. I, when I was a kid, like a really young kid, I remember opening LJNs um, on Christmas and I couldn't tell you now exactly who, I got on Christmas versus who I got at any other time during the year. Um, but opening up, I, I have memories of opening up in that blue card with that big, you know, eight pound rubber figure stuck to it. Um, that had to have had super glue on the plastic to keep that sucker on the card. Um, you know, that brings back lots of memories. I, I could sit here and list probably all of the LJNs I owned and, I, and we had a bunch of them through the first number of series and then fell off at the end when they became harder to find. But uh, wrestling's always been a little bit of Christmas, and and Starcade used to be on on Christmas as well, um, which I think has been fun. Um, and and then was always around Christmas after they moved it off of actually Christmas Day, uh, when it became more of a pay per view event and not just you know for local folks in Atlanta or North Carolina or where they ran it. Uh, no Christmas Day, well SmackDown Christmas Day wrestling, but no major show this year on Christmas or even this weekend. Um, but I'll probably watch a little wrestling on Friday at some point during my day, I'm sure. Um, we'll see maybe even SmackDown. Who knows? There you go. Well, Tom, it's Christmas Eve. You have a family. I believe I saw your wife in the background there a moment ago. Um, you may not have even seen her. I was, it, was, it was my college graduate daughter. College graduate. Okay. I just saw long hair quickly in the back, so I couldn't. Uh, that that does not narrow it down in your home. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, it's Christmas Eve, so you need to go spend some time with your family. I also um, am going to hang out with my wife because we're not going anywhere for Christmas this year. We're just hanging out. Um, but uh, to all of our listeners, a very Merry Christmas. Uh, stay safe, whatever you do. We hope you get a chance to spend some sort of time with family, whether that's virtual, um, you know, small groups, whatever you're doing. Look, we're not here to pass judgment on what you're doing. Um, you know, please do stay safe. Um, you know, the, the pandemic's a real thing and, and people, I don't want to see people get sick. Um, you know, that I can tell you personally, that's why we're staying here for Christmas is my mother's health to make sure that she stays safe. Um, we're hoping to have lots more Christmases. So um, we want everybody to have a very Merry Christmas, though. Watch some wrestling. Hope you get some wrestling figures, DVDs. Is that a thing? Do people even sell DVDs anymore? I don't streaming, even know. Streaming services. Right. Get a, get a gift card for the network or a gift card for High Spots or a gift card for Honor Club, whatever it is. Um, and uh, enjoy yourselves. And we're going to hopefully be back next week uh, sometime to uh, do our head-to-head for Wrestle yeah, Kingdom. Well, well, we have to. There's no choice. We have to kick off the the head to head. So that's right. So we got we'll find by, hook, by hook or by crook, absolutely. And uh, maybe we'll also do a little little look back um, at 2020 and just the crazy year the 2020 has been. But in wrestling specifically, um, if we have any kind of highlights, wrestler of the year, maybe match of the year. Um, quick quick aside, really before we get there, we talked about this more last week. WWE promoted a match in what was it June as the greatest wrestling match of all time, Edge versus Randy Orton. Tom, do you happen to know what match WWE named as their match of the year? Not that match. Not that match, exactly. Um, That they named, which which looked fine, but if you promote it as the greatest wrestling match of all time, how is it at least the match of the year? And it was an okay match. It was fine. You could have, I would have understood them doing it because it would make sense. Didn't the Boneyard match win? 
Yeah, Boneyard. Okay, that's what I, that's what I thought. I, the graphic I thought I saw. Uh, again, it's we can't. We're going to get ahead of ourselves, but when yes. we do resolutions next week for 2021, let's 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 let let's hope that one of those is that we can forgive WWE for all of their indiscretions about 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 what they say and what they do and and who they promote and how they don't care about them. MIA Peyton Royce. Amen, Peyton Royce. I'm gonna I'm gonna create a missing poster for that poor woman. Um, well, you, she, was on, she was on Raw on Monday to lose to Nia and Shayna, um, but that neither be here nor there. Merry Christmas, everybody. We will talk to you next week. Have a great Christmas holiday and a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon.